we really focus on function and fun and having a purpose. And that's kind of the magic that makes Duke Cannon. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Ryan O'Connell, who is the president and CEO of Duke Cannon. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Great to be with you. Hey, thanks for coming uh, and spending some time with us. So I want to start with the story of Duke Cannon. For those not familiar with the brand, can you give the quick background of what the business is and how you guys came to be? Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, Duke Cannon was actually started on Veterans Day of 2011. And we are a men's grooming brand, a premium men's grooming brand. And our co-founders, uh, Sam Swartz and Anthony Albanese, uh, were former PepsiCo marketers. And on Veterans Day of 2011, they launched our first SKU. It was a big-ass brick of soap. And that has been one of our signature SKUs ever since. And they launched on D2C. And since then, they kind of grew some distribution in small brick-and-mortar, picture independently-owned retailers, gradually grew into some larger banners like Duluth Trading and Carhartt. And then I joined in 2016 after being at Target for nine years. And ever since then, we've kind of expanded across other channels, including FDM. Right now, we are in about 30,000 doors across the U.S. with a strong D2C business, and we've expanded the assortment considerably. Well beyond the big aspect of soap, we, we offer a real full breadth of men's grooming product, ranging from body washes, aftershaves, beard care product, hair wash, and hair styling, and everything in between. So it's been a lot of fun, and we, uh, we continue to grow aggressively. So over the last decade, there's been a lot that's happened in men's grooming. Your guys launched in 2011, everything from all the different competitors and the mega brands. What do you think the future of the category looks like for men's grooming overall? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like this category has evolved literally, like you said, over the last decade from being dominated by big national brands. Picture your Dove for Men, which was launched in 2010, Axe, you know, it was early 2000s. Old Spice has always been in the picture. And they've been pretty dominant, you know, ever since the, the, the beginning of the century. And then in the last five years, I feel like a lot of premium brands have been able to catch on across food drug mass and strong D2C. And I think that's only going to continue. I think there's going to be a lot more entrance in these next couple of years, mainly because of where the consumer is coming So men in general, you know, we know from our own research that the engagement level of most men in grooming has been relatively low. From our own research, 25 up to 25% of men were kind of using whatever was in, you know, the bathroom, meaning that whatever their significant other had purchased, they would use and just be content with that. Us and, and some of our peer brands have really changed that dynamic in the sense of there are better brands out there and there are brands that are designed for men's needs. We really focus on function and fun and having a purpose. And that's kind of the magic that makes Duke Cannon. Some of our competitors, you know, have their different propositions and their different positioning. But we think this this category is going to continue to evolve mainly because men are becoming increasingly engaged. I think there's a lot of men out there that would never even consider the use of a face wash as early as, as three years ago. Now they're using a, a facial skincare regimen. Same thing with hairstyling. I think hairstyling has really come a long way. A lot of men didn't really consider a pomade or any other type of styling product as recent as two, three years ago. And now they're looking at maybe two or different, two, two to three different types of pomades. 
And that, that will only continue. So the category, I think, is in a really healthy spot. You know, projections range anywhere from plus 8 to plus 15 percent, looking out to 2024, 2025 range. I think, you know, we'll see some camps kind of develop within the category. I think we've got some wide-ranging uh, brands like us that offer, you know, uh, a wide-ranging assortment from beard care to hair wash to skin care. And then you've got some real niche players that are focusing solely on maybe wet shave or focusing solely on skincare or beard care. And so it's, I think the consumer is going to be in a really good spot in terms of choices. So one of the things that I just love about Duke Cannon is the loyal following that you guys have built. Can you talk a little bit about how you did that both over the first five years, of the founders, and then the last five years since you've joined? Yeah, I think a lot of it over time has been consistency. We've, we've been consistently, you know, have, we always have had a sense of humor that has made the brand very approachable. You know, we, we kind of call ourselves proudly unpolished. Uh, we never use models, for instance. We do use, you know, kind of in-house talent. We like to joke around one of our guys on the sales team, Kyle, was featured in our proper cologne ads uh, last year. And Kyle, let's just say, doesn't necessarily have the body of models you may be seeing from our competitors. But it's, uh, you know, being proudly unpolished, being approachable, talking about lifestyle interests, not just grooming ad nauseum. That's super important for men to kind of become more engaged in the category, frankly. It's a little counterintuitive, but you'll see us talking mainly about you know, things that interest our core consumer. And that could be anything from talking about grilling in the summer to bowling with your friends to having a beer. And it's, it's things that, you know, don't necessarily kind of hit on the core product that we offer every day, but it does hit on, you know, what are these little kind of respites for men as they, as they go about their day-to-day, as they work hard, they make sure that they're taking care of themselves and make sure they're taking care of their families. Our purpose as a brand is to really better the day of hardworking men. And the way we do that is twofold. One is the use of our products. You know, it's a personal care product. So he's using our brand every day. And it is that little respite because our scents are better than our, our competitors. Our scents are designed for him. The function of the product was, was very thoughtful and was designed for him. For, as an example, our body wash has a higher viscosity than national brand body wash. There's a reason for that. It actually cleans you better, has a better sensation in the shower, not just kind of, you know, uh, with a thin viscosity kind of dripping off and going down the drain and turning over. That's super important to design the product in a functional way and to offer great scent. But the other way we better his day is actually through our content. And we've been very consistent over these last 10 years, offering a great sense of humor, being very approachable. And that's another way we are his respite in his, in his day. He's kind of waiting for the next Instagram post. He's perhaps one of our members in the Duke Cannon Lodge, which is a Facebook group of some of our most loyal fans and just looking for that conversation. And so really this loyal following is, is one that's been developed over many, many years, but it's all about this kind of bettering the day and being this respite outside of his work day. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. 
Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. There are a lot of winners and losers in brick and mortar retail. And you also have the rise of D2C and you know, omni-channel and everything else that goes into it. How do you best navigate this changing environment out there as a challenger brand? Yeah, great question. It's so challenging. It's it's just a it's it's such an opportunity and challenge at the same time. You know, I think if we were launching back in 2010, any retailer that called really, you know, we would kind of say, well, look, if they're in, if they're interested in the premium men's category, we are all in. Nowadays, you really have to take a look around and understand, you know, who are, who are the winners and losers. And from a retail perspective, you have to blend a brick and mortar environment with a digital environment and create that kind of true omnipresent shopping experience. Those are the one, those are the re- retailers that really kind of come to mind. who are going to be the winners I think more particular to our category, if you kind of call the category grooming is within the larger beauty categories. I think beauty is super important when it comes to, to winning in the sense that you have to have a brick and mortar presence and you also have to have a digital presence. You know, many instances, scent is a way to kind of convert a consumer. And if you're not able to walk into a store, pick up a product, smell it, take a look at it, read the ingredients, you know, kind of read the story that's that the product conveys on pack. That's super important. But now increasingly, you also have to have that digital play, which is capturing so much more of our initial purchase and replan. And so retailers who do that well, those are, those are the ones that are going to be winning. And I think those are the ones that we want to invest with and that, w- that we want to grow with. And I think there's another element, and it's something that you know, we've really picked up on as we've grown over the years, there's another element of just really focusing on your core consumer and understanding where, in our case, where he is. I'll give you an example. I think we're the only brand that actually can say we sell in Ace Hardware stores and also on Ulta.com. And so what I mean by this is Ace Hardware. I mean, to, to think about a personal care being sold in Ace Hardware is kind of absurd. But what the real strategy is, is that most of our core consumers, when Saturday morning rolls around, they love going to an Ace. They want to see what's going on. They want to buy maybe grilling accessories if it's, if, it's, if it's warm out, or they just kind of want to fix up something in their house. They have a project going, and Ace is, is where they go to you know, kind of pick up whatever. We've been partnering with Ace for the last three years now on kind of an impulse merchandising buy. So as, as our core consumers there buying whatever, you know, they're coming up to the counter, and they're seeing a Duke Cannon display, and they're, and they're grabbing that bar soap or they're grabbing that aftershave or beard oil or whatever it may be total impulse merchandising buy they love it because it again it's this kind of little treat it's this respite they're like oh i didn't know you guys had Buchanan. this is wonderful or hey i heard about Buchanan. i didn't know where to buy it now i see it at ace i'm going to pick it up right now consumer loves it retailers love it because it is a basket builder uh, and it's it's that impulse buy so there's really kind of these two lenses that we look at come in terms of distribution one is the retailers who are truly getting um, omnipresence across all channels, and they're having that presence across all digital and brick and mortar channel. And the second piece is really understanding where is your core consumer uh, in the instance of ACE, I think is super important. And then the other example is Ulta. You know, Ulta is a retailer that we've been doing business with now for four years. And when you think about women shopping for their household or women shopping for themselves, but curious about maybe gifting for the men in their lives, that's where Ulta.com comes in. 
And we've had a nice, successful, growing business there. And it's one of these things where we just know that she's kind of curious as to what does Alta offer for him. And we often see spikes around kind of secondary holidays as well as, as the main holiday season because she's buying for him. So with that in mind, you know, if you launched Duke Cannon today, what do you think you would do differently versus back in 2011? Yeah, I think when I think about back then, though, you know, going against those big brands, we were, I think, an exception. And I think today the category has matured so much more in these last 10 years that the launch profile would be totally different. In today's launching environment, it would be it would be much more competitive on the brick and mortar side as well as the D2C side. But I think if anything, we would be a little bit more focused on building a digital capability, building a D2C capability up front versus, you know, kind of thinking about, okay, yeah, we have D2C, which was thought of back in 2010, more of a, or 2011, more as a marketing kind of awareness vehicle versus a selling vehicle. Now we think of it as both. It has to sell. It has to work for you. It has to be a legitimate channel for you. And so I think when we look at that, more often than not, we're seeing so many challenger brands start with a strong D2C business, build their equities up on those channels, inclusive of you know, other e-com channels, I would add too, like Amazon, where they build up their equities as a brand on those channels and then translate that back into brick and mortar. It's kind of the reverse of the traditional thinking. I think today it's, it's more important than ever to think that way. I love that. So you know, as a lifestyle brand, other verticals are, you know, at least in theory, there for reach and growth and everything else. How is Duquesne thinking about launching verticals beyond your core? Yeah, we get it all the time from our fans, to be honest. But as CEO, I really want to keep the team focused on men's grooming. I think there's a lot of value in just staying focused on what we do well right now. And then I think over time, I would say in the next three to four years, we would start to take some of the equities we've built, whether that's in scent or in product function, and really think hard about what are these other verticals that we could win in. And not necessarily go recklessly into a, a, a vertical just because we think we can and we think our, our core fan base would like it. But go into it thoughtfully. Go into it on, on a basis of equities, like I said, with scent and, and function. And where does that kind of place us in terms of what the new verticals could be? And so I think there's, there's no question in my mind that we will enter new verticals as a lifestyle brand. I think it's just a matter of being patient and, and figuring out when the time is right and when the team is ready, most importantly. Just as, uh, you know, similar to you, Dave, you know, as a student of kind of retail and CPG, I think we've seen a couple of instances out there where a brand may have success in a category and then jump to another one in rather quick, you know, in short order. And it may just be to their detriment and they get spread too thin and they're not focused on, you know, the category that's right in front of them. And right now we've got a good spot where we've got premium men's grooming is in, is in great shape. Again, the consumer is getting more and more engaged. I think we have a very clear role in the category, very clear positioning. And I want to only strengthen that in these next couple of years. And then we will make a move into new verticals when the time is right. That's a really important point you make that you know some brands will jump too soon and not really think about what their core equity is. What other advice when you talk to entrepreneurs that follow your, want to follow the path of Duke Cannon, what other advice do you give them of what they should do and how should they think about the next steps? You know, I think the biggest piece is be patient with your business and, and find out from your consumers 
what are those key equities? What are those, what are the things that pop for you as a differentiating factor or factors as a brand in your category? Listen to the consumer, really watch your reviews, you know, and, and just try to gobble up any piece of data that you can from your customers. So when I say customers, I mean kind of retail partners. Retail partners and consumers alike provide the most valuable inputs, and you have to listen to what are they saying about your brand. It internalize those differences and then translate those differences into a strategy. And I think it's, it's super important, too, even if you are able to get sell-through data from your retail partners, that's very telling data. That's very informative on what's going to work from a SKU standpoint. And then also just, again, I think reviews are magical in terms of how much how much input they can provide as well. So I think it's, it's really just, it's a twofold recommendation for, for the most part. It's one, listen, really kind of listen to what your consumers and your, and your customers and your retail partners are saying. And then two is just have patience, you know, build, build the business. Don't kind of rush the business and don't force the business. Well, Ryan, it's always a pleasure to sit down. I really appreciate you sharing the story of uh, the journey Duke Cannon's been on over the last decade. So congrats on all the success. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dave. Great to be with you. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com. Thank you.